Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. Should spanking children be forbidden in the U.S.? That's the question. Renowned criminologist Christian Pfeiffer from University of Hanover, Germany, is presenting the European experience this evening as a part of the USU Provost series on instructional excellence. And he joins us for the hour today on Access Utah. Dr. Pfeiffer's research interests include the role of religion and child-rearing practices in the production of violence, the role of media in the lives of children, and in the perception of crime and criminal policy, media consumption and violence, and implications of corporal punishment in politics. He's former Minister of Justice in the German state of Lower Saxony, past president of the German Juvenile Court Association. He served for 29 years as director of Criminological Research Institute of Lower Saxony. He's Professor Emeritus of Law and Criminology, University of Hanover, frequent contributor to the national media in Germany, and currently an invited scholar at John Jay College of Criminal Justice in New York City. Professor, welcome to the program. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, we thank you for joining us. Uh, I'd like to start with the uh, Adrian Peterson case. That's uh, in the U.S. Uh, that blew up, uh, oh, it's, it's almost a year now uh, ago. Uh, he's uh, still, I think, currently suspended from the NFL because of this. And I, I think this was a central rallying point for opinions on all sides of uh, spanking children because he's a very popular uh, football star, one of the best running backs in, in the league. Uh, so apparently what happened is he uh, took a branch and uh, – and uh, spanked his child. Uh, blood was drawn, um, and uh, I think he was charged with uh, with child abuse. That brought up uh, questions on all sides of this issue. And he says, "I I do this. I discipline my children this way because that's how I was disciplined. And were it not for strong discipline from my parents, I would not, you know, have grown up to be have the success that I have." I'm sure you hear some of those arguments. That's this is I do this because that's how I was disciplined. That kind of excuse is normal, but the research findings on the effect of spending are so overwhelming that it's easy to contradict him and to tell the people that he is in that aspect wrong. Mm. Uh, but the tradition, I was spanked and I spanked my kids, that's well known and we can perceive it. And the point is that you can change it, not necessarily by law, but by debate public debate, do we need that law? So the law hadn't been that important in Germany, but we had an ongoing debate since 88 to 2000, and we went to the talk shows, we went to radio stations, wrote articles, and finally made people aware that avoiding spanking is doing good to you. Mm-hmm. Tell me about you, before we went there, are you telling me about your speech to Parliament? Oh, yes. Before the final passage of, of this law in Germany. It was a decision where everybody had to decide on its own. No party ruled it tell them what to do. And I was approached by a member of parliament from the conservative side, a good friend of mine. And he said, Christian, you might lose. Uh, you have to find a very emotional final answer. You are the last speaker. So do your best. And then I thought and changed my concept and told them about research. We just has finished. We had asked Um, nearly 8,000 elderly people about their victimization experience. Had had somebody stole your car or had you been beaten up by somebody in a restaurant and so on? And we also asked about family violence. 5% had a terrible life, were beaten by their kids with whom they lived together, yelled at, I hope you die soon and things like that, neglected when they were ill, their money got stolen. My friend raised his finger and said, yeah, but this doesn't belong to our subject, doesn't it? And I said, yes, it belongs, because everybody in old ages gets what he or she deserves to get. But on the other side, love pays off. Those who never spanked had been loving parents, caring parents. They get it back. They have a wonderful, what I call, evening of life. This emotional message convinced them more than anything else, and they passed the law. Mm. So what is the research showing are there correlations between spanking children and violence in society? Yeah. I start with the approach we finished recently. We're just publishing it next week. We published the book. We asked 10,000 15-year-old kids, ninth graders in our state of Lower Saxony, uh, about if they had been violent themselves, if they had been victimized. And we asked about their childhood. And then we could develop two extreme groups. One group of students who never had been spanked by their parents and received a lot of love and support. The other group were those who had suffered from a lot of spanking and had a lower level of love experienced by their parents. Then we asked both sides, 
if they had been violent themselves more often, 1% against 6%, six times more by those who had been beaten severely. Or we asked, how content are you at present with your life? And they could say, no content, uh, no satisfied at all or very much, very positive life. And the difference is 61%, the privileged kids against 11, the others. Then we asked, did you ever seriously think about suicide? It was 4.6% against 48% by those who had suffered from spanking and not received enough love. So then we looked at the um, long-time development, and it's a fascinating aspect that suicide of kids went down by Uh, one third in Germany over the last 10 years, suicide by um, elderly, uh, by 18 to 25 year old, only by 10%. Mm. So it's, and violence in Germany in general is going down rapidly um, over the last seven years by 41% juvenile violence. So whatever we look at or alcoholism, um, we compared those two groups and those who had been beaten a lot uh, did drink much more alcohol Uh, had more access to dope and, and all kind of drugs and the others restricted from that because it's not necessary for them to do that. And all that is going down. The alcoholism of young kids, 50%, reduction uh, in the use of uh, marijuana, uh, 60%. So in any direction we could prove to the public this was the right thing that you avoided spanking, that you learned to um, bring up your children without any violence. Hmm. I want to go to uh, definitions, and I'm looking right now at a uh, ABC News uh, report. Um, it, and This is saying that in most states, including in Texas, where uh, Mr. Peterson uh, took the, the tree branch to, to his son, if you draw blood, that usually would get you charged on some level of, of child abuse. However, if you uh, spank your child... And, uh, you know, it doesn't leave a red mark more than about an hour. That would be considered the line. So that, that mm -hmm. would be okay under the law we're mm -hmm. talking about. What what are the definitions in, in Germany? Any, any what, what, a little pat on the on the bottom? What, uh, and any physical, I don't know, touching of, of children? What, where, where's the line? Any physical touching of children is forbidden. Yeah. This doesn't mean that the police gets to your house if a neighbor calls them, uh, There has to be more. But the rule is clear. For example, I watched a woman uh, spanking her daughter, and the daughter was crying loudly in a restaurant. It happened in the public. I approached her politely and told her, do you know that this is forbidden in Germany since many years? No, and I don't care. I do what I want. She has to follow my rules, and you keep out. That's not your business. So I went back to my table and waited, and then she spanked again, this time furiously. And then I called the police. And the police came. Fortunately, there was somebody around with his car. So five minutes later, he was there, and very politely he told her that what she has done is forbidden, and he needs her name, address. Uh, in Germany, they won't arrest. That's not our, uh, our culture. But the moment he had her address... Then she could go home with her daughter and she had to pay a fine because it happened publicly. Mm. If it happens at home, nobody would care about it. But the debate changed the, uh, the attitude of the people, changed the behavior of parents. We have dramatic change of parenting over the last uh, 30 years, and that made us a more peaceful society. Mm. Now we get to the crux of the issue, uh, perhaps in the U.S., and the, the, I think it attitudes towards spanking have been changing, and I'll, I'll verify that with you. But when you get to government, and uh, a certain segment population would use the word intrusion, government intrusion in my right as a parent, in the home, you know, the, uh, the heavy hand of government. And uh, there are large swaths of the U.S., as you're no doubt aware, which uh, are going to be resist this uh, fiercely. We had the same attitude by our parent associations, They were against our um, big plan to change that in our law as well. Um, it's even written in the Constitution that the parents have rights. So they had the same position as over here in the United States. Um, but um, we convinced the politician by 
the clear facts that, for example, uh, those who had been spanked are not as good as in school as the others who had never spanked. And the research from the brain research comes and tells us it's not uh, that only the heavy strikes uh, to the head um, cause damage to the head. No, it's the anxiety. It's the fear which uh, creates problems and the brain of a child develops beautifully if that child receives a lot of love, support, and can grow in its self-esteem and self-confidence, never being spanked. That's the ideal condition to have a very successful child later on. All those arguments convinced, not the law. The law came by itself later on when we had convinced other politicians. But those 12 years of debate, that changed parenting in Germany and that we need in the United States. In 19 states, even the teachers are allowed mm -hmm. to use a paddle and to right. spank children publicly up to the age of 18. Right. I was reading the same ABC News article in Alabama, apparently, um, at least in uh, some school districts. A uh, parent has to yearly make a declaration if they want their child to, uh, uh, exempted from possibility of paddling. Sure. So there, there's a uh, uh, presumption in favor. One argument might interest the American people. If we compare internationally the number of people being in prison per 100,000 inhabitants, in Sweden it's 60. In Germany, it, and it went down in Sweden from 100 to 60. In Germany, it went down from 110 to 73. In the United States, it's more than 10 times more. It's more than 700 being in prison. So where does that come from? It's, it has two aspects. First, the more you spank, the more you beat children, the higher is the level of violence in your country. And violence leads at the end to imprisonment. But also the punitive attitudes derive from that. So in the South, where even the teachers are allowed to spank, they have far higher need for capital punishment and all sorts of punishment. Uh, you have within the United States a variety in the use of imprisonment, mass incarceration in the South, 10 times more than in other states, In, for example, in New England. Those large discrepancies are related to that different way of upbringing of children because nationwide there had been recently a study done, what do people think about spanking? On the first glance, nothing has changed. 70% are in favor nationwide. But looking to the regional discrepancies, then you have regions where 90% are in favor and others where only 20 or 30% are in favor. So uh, United States is a natural experiment which hasn't been, uh, that hasn't been used properly for research. Then you would find out that in those regions where people are strict from spanking, where only a minority does it, you have a lower level of imprisonment a lower level of violence, a higher level of intellectual achievement by young people. But that hasn't been done. That kind of research can't be done because you don't have no map of the United States showing, ah, in this state the level of spanking is that, and in that state it's this. No, uh, that type of research is forbidden because you can't approach kids in this country. Mm. You need the, uh, the signature of the father and mother and only if they agree, you can approach kids. So I wanted to ask 17-year-old students in a high school. No, no chance. Uh, in Mississippi, you can't approach students because there you have to wait to the age of 21. Mm. That's as if children are the property of their parents. They are not. Uh, of course, uh, many parents would disagree with you there, right? Uh, in, in, in certain swaths of, of the U.S. that uh, children are... They wouldn't use the word property. But, but they behave but like that. Just, I, I, suppose, I, I suppose so. Uh, but but it's, there's a big wall that they, they would like to put up and maintain. Um, this is my domain. I'm raising my child with love. Yeah. By and large, uh -huh. go government butt out. Uh -huh. Okay. Love, quotation marks, uh, because if they really love their kids, they want them to become strong kids, self-confident people who... Uh, really enjoy their life and take the challenges positively. 
And if we compare our results uh, in Germany, because we have many kids who are spanked, it's absolutely clear that the successful kids are the ones who are not spanked and loved a lot. And there's some other fascinating research finding. Uh, there are parents who had been spanked in their own childhood, and they promised to each other getting married, if we have kids, we never spank. We suffered so much, we never will do that. But then the question arises, how do they make the children aware that there are rules in the family that, which they should follow? Mm. If you avoid spanking, you need more communication, mm. explaining, making it clear, uh, having verbal conflicts. Um, you have to fight a lot verbally with your kids. And that is suddenly developing more attention to the kids, more love. So while we had a sharp decrease of spanking, we had a sharp increase of love. Mm -hmm. We measure that how often we ask our 15-year-old students, how often have you been hugged by your father and your mother? How often have you been praised for something you have done? How often have you been comforted when you did cry, when you, were, when you had problems? We measure love, the intensity and the frequency. And it turned out if parents avoid spanking, they need more communication, more love in order to make the children understand what the rules are and that they are necessary and that we all need rules and borders and so on. And that different style suddenly changes the family structure. And later on, as an old person, they get back the, f the positive feedback that we clearly can prove the old people who have never spanked have a better life being 65 and older. Mm. Now, some parents uh, will say, uh, I don't use it much, spanking. Yeah. I use all the range of the parenting skills, some of the which you've just talked about, but I need spanking in my toolkit. Uh -huh. What would you say to that? Um, I understand that there's a difference between those who do it often and those who do it rarely. But still, it changes the uh, relationship between the parents and their kid. If the kid knows, oh, spanking is always an option. It's always in fear of spanking. And that changes the relationship. Um, one student in Virginia asked me, could you give me an example how it changes the relationship? Because you told us you never spanked your son or your daughter. I said, okay, I'll give you an example. My son is visiting me next week. The first night I will Im invite him to a wonderful restaurant in New York where I'm living. And I'm sure one of the first subjects he will tell me is his latest experience in his love life. He always tells me uh, about his life. Mm. I'm his closest friend of that age group. And he enjoys talking to me and listen to my experience and my, listen to my laughter and my joy or uh, my feeling sorrow for he did something which I don't like. We exchange our views and he had never fear, never as a child, because he knew I never was spank. Uh, he knew that I care about him, that we debate a lot, that I have borders which he shouldn't trespass. And then we debated it and he learned. And by this respect for his personality, never spanking, he grew up beautifully. And so it, there's so much reward for parents who avoid spanking. It's the, the message, love is better than spanking, mm. is so clear that um, we fortunately could coerce the German people. And at the moment, we have a little problem. We have a lot of immigration, which we need to get, because 100 Germans have only... Uh, 68 kids and can expect 47 grandchildren. So it's obvious we need immigration. Otherwise, our state won't run very well in 10, 20 years. So everybody knows we need immigration. But the immigrants bring into our country macho culture, where the father is dominating and the children have to obey and the mother has to be in fear of violence committed by the father. So... Uh, we deal with that. We tell them. So it's a lot of interaction going on with the newcomers in our country that they should follow our rules. And there, uh, there's a good reason, not because you should obey the law. You should learn that it's positive to avoid beating children. And that uh, that's kind of it gets into uh, 
the idea of melting pot, which is you know the, yeah. the, the melting pot idea, which is uh, very prevalent over many years in in America, and there there's there's similar concerns in in the U.S. Immigrants come in, and are they adopting the uh, the, the majority culture? Yeah, um, and and some friction points there. So that's uh, be very familiar to to our listeners. Let's take a break. When we come back, more with uh, Professor Christian Pfeiffer. Should spanking children be forbidden in the U.S.? The European experience. That's our topic. We're going to make a transition when we come back from the break into talking about uh, violence in the media, media's effects on children, violent video games. Professor Pfeiffer has uh, done research in these areas. And uh, some very interesting brand new research. We'll, we'll premiere that on, uh, on Utah Public Radio. Uh, interesting disparity between young men and young women and their changing attitudes towards spanking. More following the break. Programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our members and the Salt Lake City Weekly's 6th Annual Utah Beer Festival, Saturday, August 15th at 200 East and Library Square, featuring over 100 local and regional beers, food vendors, and music. Details at utahbeerfestival.com. And the Shift Festival, October 7th through 10th in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. An in-depth exploration of the opportunities and challenges at the intersection of conservation and outdoor recreation. Featuring food, film, speakers, workshops, and outdoor adventure. Details at shiftjh.org. Hi, it's Lynn Rosetto-Casper. Do you know the best way to clean up shards of broken glass? Wipe them up with a slice of bread. This is from self-professed clean freak Jolie Kerr and her hilarious column, Ask a Clean Person. It's Kitchen Cleanup this week on The Splendid Table from 8 p.m. Tuesday morning at 10 on Utah Public Radio. Welcome to Science by the Slice. To address the frightening public health concerns of increasingly frequent drug-resistant pathogens, USU Uinta Basin biology professor Leanna Etchberger and her students are on the hunt for new antibiotics. The students collect soil samples and antibiotic-producing microbes in the vernal area and upload their findings to a central database of samples from around the world. Their efforts contribute to a global effort to combat disease. This segment of Science by the Slice is brought to you by the USU College of Science, offering degree programs in mathematics and varied scientific disciplines. Details at usu.edu science. The following is an encore presentation. However, we would like you to participate with this conversation. You can do so at upr.org or on our Facebook page or on Twitter with hashtag AccessUtah. Thanks for listening to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. Central question today is should spanking children be forbidden? In the U.S., research is uh, continuing to show negative effects from uh, spanking children, uh, not only in the lives of those individual people, but in society as a whole. Uh, but the central question, of course, should it be forbidden? What should the state do, meaning the government? Um, 2000, I think, around there, Professor Pfeiffer, it was uh, was forbidden in uh, Germany, has been forbidden in, in Sweden. We'll talk about some regional differences. Also, interestingly, some differences among religious groups and cultures uh, as we go along here and we'll get into the role of uh, violence and violent video games especially uh, on young men you're welcome to join this conversation i'm curious to know were you spanked as a child do you spank your own children uh, what do you think and uh, what do you think the role of uh, media is especially uh, violence and violent video games we're on uh, Twitter, at Utah Public Radio. You can join us by email to upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com. Professor Pfeiffer is former Minister of Justice in the German uh, state of Lower Saxony. He's past president of the German Juvenile Court Association. He's a professor emeritus of law and criminology at University of Hanover and currently an invited scholar at the John Jay College of Criminal Justice in New York City. His presentation uh, is part of the OSU Provost series on instructional excellence. 
so, Professor Pfeiffer, I'd, I promised listeners some brand new research. This is very interesting uh, research looking at uh, there's a difference, apparently, between men and women, especially young men and young women, and their changing attitudes towards banking. The University of Chicago every second year does a nationwide representative uh, questionnaire to given to people. And so they know that over the last eight to 10 years, nothing has changed. 70% are in favor of spanking. But it gets really interesting if you look to the data set carefully and find out the younger the Americans are, the more they are in favor of spanking. Then after we found that, we looked at the gender issue. And then it turned out only the young men are the ones who are very much in, in a growing uh, perception uh, in, fav in favor of spanking, not the young women. Then we looked at the issue, are they fathers and mothers? And then a fascinating discrepancy came out. The young fathers are more in favor of spanking than the same age group of men who have no kids. For the mothers, it's just the opposite. The young mothers are much more against spanking than the young women having no kids. Mm. So the question is, why do we have that new development that young men are more and more in favor of spanking. So first of all, I, I'm surprised that the uh, attitudes of the young men are going up in, in general towards spanking. I, I thought the trend would be in general, the in trend general goes going down. down, I guess. Yeah, especially for the elderly people. The grandmothers are getting milder and milder, also the grandfathers uh, over the last 20 years, and the, the women in general, but not the young men. Mm. Why is that? Um, I want to do research on that together with American colleagues. Uh, I'm meeting two outstanding colleagues, Professor Winkelhor and Professor Strauss in New Hampshire next week, and we hope that we can cooperate in that very important as, um, approach. And we will ask young men and young women about their life, because in Germany, at least, and in many other countries where I know the research data, Young men are in a crisis. Mm. Um, to give you German data, 20 years ago, of 100 students who failed exams, 53 were male. 10 years ago, 59% were male. Last year, 69% were male. Only 31% were female. But the female are taking the lead in good results in exams and, and doing much better. Why is that so? Um, so we know young men are no longer in that position that they dominate in a society, that the role is clear, they take over the position the father had, the firm the father had, all that is no longer valid. They have to fight for their positions and they have a lot of competition by the female side. This makes them insecure, maybe rigid and maybe more punitive towards kids. But why are they in a crisis? And there we have an explanation which might also be true for the United States. Worldwide, we have the situation that in the so-called PISA tests, girls are better than boys. And the main fact factor, according to our research, is in Germany at least, uh, boys spend on the average every day nearly two hours playing computer games, girls only 28 minutes. Then we look to the radical groups who play at least four and a half hour every day. Ten years ago, 4% of the girls belonged to that extreme group, but 15% of the boys. Now it's 1.7 the girls and 18 the boys, 10 times more. And a person who plays four and a half hours computer games every day, he loses contact to his school duties. He doesn't do his homework properly. He's not well prepared. His concentration is and all the time fixed on computer games, winning there and to doing this. So that seems to be the main factor. But again, there's one factor behind. We discovered that the love of mothers to boys what was much more 20, 30 years ago for boys more than for girls. The boys were the prince of the family. They were spoiled. Uh, they got everything what they needed and a lot of love by the mothers. And the girls just were also there. That has changed dramatically. 
at least in Germany, in Sweden, and many other countries where we have data, we can show that the girls now are far ahead in receiving love, attention, positive support by mothers, and the boys are stable, didn't rise the level of love. And for fathers, it's even worse because a growing, perce uh, growing percentage of boys have no father anymore. He disappears after a while or he never had been there. So that lack of father love is the real major issue behind that getting lost with computer games. Those who are loved boys by their fathers are protected and don't spoil their life by taking too much time for computer games. The risk is high for those who are in trouble, who are poor in life, and then they want to be rich in their world of computer games. So that's maybe one impetus, or, or maybe escape is another one. Yeah, it's right. a kind of escape from reality because from reality, those yeah. who have no real success in life, they need success in computer games. Mm -hmm. That's correlated. And so we will do research on that issue, asking 5,000 students in different universities all over the United States. And we hope that we get uh, results which might convince the American people that they have to care about those boys who get lost with computer games. Mm. Do we know why this? Uh, you, you've described a flatlining of mother love. Yeah. Do we know for boys? For boys. For, for boys. Do, do we know the reasons behind that? Okay. If you come home and showing good results at school, mother is pr uh, very proud of her child. But that happens more with girls than with boys. Boys are underachievers more and more. To look to America. Uh, last PISA test, 16% of the 15-year-old boys were underachievers, but only 8.9% of the girls. That huge discrepancy is worldwide. In, in the United States, it's stronger than in other countries, but you have it nearly everywhere. And uh, you get love and attention and appraisal support if you're showing good results at school. If you are a loser at school, you have stress at home. So that might be an explanation where there is no increase in mother's love to boys and the fathers, only one-third, are really loving parents, loving fathers who hug their boy, who show him how important he is for the father, who care about him, who comfort him when he has problems and who praise him when there is something to praise. Mm. So there, there is a special lack of father love because too many fathers disappear and there is no increase with mothers, so the boys are in trouble. Hmm. Now, that you, you cite the statistics at a certain percentage, I can't remember, at four and a half hours of video yeah. games a day. That does seem excessive. What's the prescription? Parents have to pull the plug on the video game? No. Um, you need, early in, in childhood, you, you need to bring them in contact to real life, that they develop a real hobby, a, a lust for this and that, either playing football or uh, playing soccer or um, playing a music instrument, no matter what it is, if they really are deep in some real, real challenge, then they are protected. Those who have no real connection to life, they are endangered that they get lost uh, with their computer games. There should be a cooperation between the families and the schools. The schools could do more to get them actively involved in some real experience, which is positive. Uh, if that is done at schools, and then the parents also care about that, then you can, um, yeah, be, uh, yeah, th then you don't ha have fears that your son, your daughter get will get in trouble. But th too many boys are lost. Let's take another break. When we come back, more with uh, Christian Pfeiffer. Should spanking children be forbidden in the U.S., the European experience? And uh, we'll talk more about uh, violence, uh, go beyond just spending a lot of time in video games to violent video games, what the effect might be there. And we'll uh, get into uh, interesting regional and religious differences on in child-rearing, and especially with this idea of spanking. More following the break. Programming on Utah Public Radio was made possible in part by our members and ATV Channel 6, serving the Uinta Basin with commercial advertising solutions, including customizable advertising packages combining TV, cinema, and the web. Information is at vtvchannel6.com. 
Some students at the Aspen Music Festival and School play in Aspen streets to earn pocket change. Cellist Lucy Tico likes to set up outside a local restaurant. Sometimes if you're lucky, they'll give you free crepes if you busk there. Free crepes if you can play the cello well enough. More from Aspen on the next Performance Today from APM. Tuesday morning at 11 on Utah Public Radio. Hello, I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. Join us on UPR for Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. Each week, we examine issues ranging from popular culture to current events to our most deeply held beliefs about science, morality, and the human condition. Challenge yourself. Identify and question your assumptions. Think about things in new ways. Philosophy Talk on Utah Public Radio. Check out upr.org to learn more about Philosophy Talk. The following is an encore presentation. However, we would like you to participate with this conversation. You can do so at upr.org or on our Facebook page or on Twitter with hashtag AccessUtah. Should spanking children be forbidden in the U.S.? That's the question that Professor Christian Pfeiffer will treat. And we've been talking about spanking, uh, parenting, uh, the differences between, between boys and girls, how, how they uh, are growing up, and we've gotten into speaking about video games. Uh, all of those uh, topics a fair game here, and we'd love to hear from you at upraxis at gmail.com, our email, upraxis at gmail.com. And you can join us on uh, Twitter. Professor Pfeiffer is former Minister of Justice in the German state of Lower Saxony. Uh, he is a Professor Emeritus of Law and Criminology at University of Hanover. And he's currently an invited scholar at the John Jay College of Criminal Justice in New York City. Let's go to a couple of uh, tweets we have received. You can uh, join, you can uh, tweet us here uh, at Utah Public Radio. So this is Emma. She responds to the question that I uh, threw out, were you spanked as a child? Would you spank your children? Uh, she says, I was spanked one time as a child by my father. I hid under the bed for hours, and it never happened again. I will not spank, she says. Great. Very positive. Yeah. So she she had that one experience. Yeah. And uh, perhaps her father, you know, I don't know, her father would say, well, that's, you know, um, <laughs> I, I didn't spank very often. Obviously, this is one time, but it had an effect on her. Yeah. Uh, and uh, then we uh, we uh, quoted Professor Pfeiffer here in a, in a tweet, uh, those who have no uh, success in life want success in computer games. And uh, Tanner has responded. He says, my life is a video game. So that's that's probably <laughs> probably healthy. Yeah. Live real life. Don't, you know, don't live it through the video game. Okay. Uh, so you're welcome to respond uh, through Twitter or uh, by phone or by email. So let's uh, let's get into talking uh, uh Professor Pfeiffer, well, on break, you told me a very interesting statistic. Boys are much more likely to be playing video games, get addicted to video games, than girls. We did a special research on getting addicted where you need a psychiatrist, where you need a therapy uh, to get out of it because you can't stop anymore. You lost control to uh, totally. And that is happening six times more often with boys than with girls. In Germany, only 1% of the girls, but 6% of the boys are negatively affected by that a growing problem and explaining partly why boys are in a crisis in achieving the school goals. And um, pe people get aware about that, so more and more schools understand that they have to offer more alternatives, not only teaching uh, mathematics and languages and so on, but also offering something which we call lust for life, get interested in life. Uh, and Many countries do that beautifully, especially those who are very good on, and in top ranked like Finland and many other countries. Um, and even in the Asian countries, they learn that they got lost with their computer game uh, problem and they have a growing discrepancy between boys and girls. So worldwide, that's an issue which has to be tackled by the politicians. The mm. politicians can't look away from it because it's it's too threatening that the boys get lost. Do we know why this big? That's, that's an amazing disparity. Boys are much more likely to get addicted. Why, do we know why? When we look to those boys who are treated alike with girls in love and never being spanked, then we don't have that difference. 
So it's related to the way you are brought up in your family. That's a number one issue. And then other as aspects are important. For example, uh, divorce is sometimes a very uh, threatening uh, experience for boys and girls. Um, some parents do well in asking a mediator to do a good job and and uh, and support each other in the way to how to treat their kids. But some kids are really uh, get treated badly during a divorce, and then uh, that's another reason why they escape to computer games. Mm. But of course, in, in a divorce, if you have a you know brother and sister. And we know from statistics the brother is much more likely to get yeah, to get into video. Do we know yeah, why that is? Because the the boys lose a father. Okay. They need a father. They need a person to identify with. And the girls have still have their mother because most divorces end that the mother takes the kids and the father goes away with his new girlfriend or whatever and doesn't care very often about his son. And and he cares more about with about his daughter. So in Germany, at least, 33% of the boys tell us they have a loving father, but 50% of the girls tell us they have a loving father. So there's a large discrepancy. And so the, the girls are not threatened that much than the boys are in cases of divorce. Mm. Let's talk a little bit about uh, violence. We've talked about ju just video games in general, some stark statistics there. But uh, what about violent video games? What's, what's the effect? Um, it has two effects. First, you reduce your empathy with people who suffer. They measured that in very well-organized experiments, and there's no doubt about that. Uh, violent films have just a very short effect, and then it disappears. Violent video games, because you're actively involved, they are changing your personality um, in that direction. Second, uh, people who... Um, are actively involved again and again, hours every day in violent computer games are near to personal violence. Their violence level is higher because it's a learned thing. Um, and third, um, the more violent your computer games are, the lower are your school results. I tell you one experiment which we did. First group was actively involved in sports. The second group watched uh, for one and a half hour a love story. The third group played a, a nice computer game. Fourth group, a brutal, very brutal film. And the fifth group, a very violent computer game. Afterwards, we promised, okay, everyone gets 10 tickets free for a cinema if you can solve 20 tasks mathematic. Not too complicated, but you have to concentrate hard. Now the results. The one who played the computer games uh, the violent ones had 10 points on the average. 20 was achievable. The um, brutal film watchers had 12.5. The computer games, not violent, computer games, 13. Love story, 14. But the one coming back from sports activity and then the mathematic, 15 points. By far the best ones. And the other ones, they can't concentrate. They, their mind is so... Uh, fixed to that what they have done in that violent computer game that the new task concentrate on mathematic things uh, won't work properly but the ones who come from sport activity have a lot of blood circulation uh, in their head that's why they have a red face and that makes them far better in concentrating because the blood brings oxygen to the brain and the additional message is the more you move, the better are your brain cells connected. So the, those who do a lot of sport activities are better at school. Those who ride with a bicycle to school instead of bringing by bus are better in school. All those messages are involved with that little piece of research. We just have about two minutes left. I want to end. We promised we'd get to um, differences, religious differences yeah. in spanking your children, raising your children. What if you talk briefly about that? The people who stay away from spanking at most are the Jews. And they tell me, oh, that's the secret of our cultural superiority. We are better because we love our kids. The Jewish mama, that's a symbol. Um, the highest level of spanking in the United States we have with the evangelicals, where the pastors themselves tell us uh, that the Bible wants us to spank children. 
um, I have hope. I have no data on the Mormons, but we are here in a country definitely very much influenced by the Mormon religion. And I think what I hear is they really care about kids. They care about families. They, for them, it's very important that the family works well. So there is a lot of love involved. And maybe they're open for that message that Jesus Christ never was in favor of violence. He was always in favor of love. So maybe we get support for our message by the Mormon religion. Mm. What uh, What's the next step? You're, you're hoping to... Uh Campaigning would it would be a good, uh, you know, probably appropriate word to reduce yeah. spanking in in the U.S. I guess you're in the U.S. now. What one uh, has what's to the next start? Step? One has to start that business in New England or in New York. If you make it in New York, if you make it there, you'll make it everywhere. <laughs> That's the song. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm looking for partnership in New York and in New England. I will be in New Hampshire. I have to find partners because. It's not my role to tell the American people what they should do with their kids. I need American colleagues who have the same message, and there are many. So we will create a coalition between the European experience and the American data, which we want to get. We need American data to convince American people. So the next step is research in five universities, and then step-by-step developing a campaign starting somewhere in the north east of the United States. We will uh, leave it there. Uh, Professor Christian Pfeiffer has been our guest. Uh, Should spanking uh, children be forbidden in the U.S., the European experience? Uh, He is uh, right now invited scholar at the John Jay College of Criminal Justice in New York City. He's Professor Emeritus of Law and Criminology at University of Hanover in uh, Germany. Thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, join us tomorrow for Access Utah. Deseret News columnist, Steve Eaton. The other day as I was carrying my grocery bags filled with cough drops out to my station wagon, I passed a car that was idling in a no-parking zone, showing off its powerful speaker system. The car wasn't a particularly nice car, and it sounded like the owner had probably spent more money on his sound system than he had spent on the actual car. Those of us on the outside of his car, however, could only hear the bass and other parts of the automobile that were slowly rattling apart due to the stress of having speakers the size of jet engines playing in a space about as big as a large bathtub. As the ground shook as I walked by, I realized that he was proud of his investment and what he was doing with it. He was deliberately playing music that's main redeeming quality was its ability to shake things violently. This is a sign that he had channeled his limited resources into something that would make him go deaf and show us all that he could make his own decisions. My first thought was brain damage. That's one of those signs of a young undeveloped brain that's on display because he had no one in his life to tell him that he was really embarrassing himself. Before I got to the point of hitching my pants up over my navel and complaining about those daggum kids these days, I realize if you judge me by the way I dress, you clearly think I had no one in my life to warn me about how out of sync I look. I heard a comedian say once that for some unknown reason, at some point, fathers just get off the fashion train and never get back on. I still dress like I did as a reporter in the early 1980s wearing jeans and a dress shirt with a button-down collar. And then I remembered that the reason I can almost always hear ringing in my ears It's probably because I went through my own brain damage days. Real rock musicians from my day are pretty much deaf now. I remember a time when we used to tell stories in high school of legendary, powerful sound systems and their proud owners. In fact, I had a sound system in my old car that was nice enough that someone decided to tear it out and keep it for themselves. Twice. And I still crank up my own music on certain scenarios when I'm pretending that I'm happy and not in debt. I wonder what the ooga-chakas from Hooked on a Feeling sound like to others at a stoplight when my windows are rolled up. The music I listen to falls in two categories now. There's music I'm proud to listen to and music that I listen to only in secret. I don't know why I'm always confident that my music tastes are not flawed if someone catches me listening to Pink Floyd, but I do know that I'd be really embarrassed if someone caught me mournfully singing along to Barry Manilow's song Mandy about the hot, nice girl that he sent away. Have you ever pulled up to a stoplight with your windows rolled down on a warm day and realized that people next to you would see you combing your hair and singing to the Bee Gees' Staying Alive or that you were tearing up as you sang along with Neil Diamond's Love on the Rocks? 
Why do we care about what strangers think about our taste in music? It's because deep down inside, in a place we never visit, even with the help of a psychotherapist, many still want to be invited to sit at the popular table at our high school. And we know there are strict rules about what you can and cannot do if you're going to sit at that table. The person next to you in traffic could tell everyone what a dork you are. That's likely why the guy sitting in front of the grocery store is slowly destroying his car and hearing, and he thinks he's cool for doing so. He knows there are old geezers like me who will judge him for what he's doing, and that's a critical part of why he's doing it. It proves he can make up his own rules as long as they're in line with the rules of his friends and in opposition to the standards an old guy with huge bags of cough drops would set. He'll get his reward. Thirty years from now, extremely baggy pants will be to him what disco clothes are to me now, something I'd rather forget. We all establish our comfort zones and play our roles to sit at the tables where our friends sit. Or occasionally I step out of the norm and pick a drumbeat that no one understands, even my very strange friends. Right now, for example, I'm saving up so that someday I can buy a really first-class, shiny Viking helmet, something I can wear in my car or to appropriate church meetings. Why am I doing this? Because deep down inside, I know that some young person, under strict fashion rules laid out for him by his high school, is going to look over at me at a stoplight and say to himself, brain damage, and the cycle will be complete. I guess we're all hooked on a feeling that we're unique and different, just like everyone else. This is Steve Eaton. On the next Humankind. My experience was that parenting taught me so much. It challenged me so much. It made me realize how selfish I was, that it really was a spiritual path for me. Life lessons for parents in patience, humility, and how to react when your child decides to color the white carpet. I'm David Freudberg. Join us for Humankind. Thursday night at 8.30 on Utah Public Radio. Jesse Thorne here, host of NPR's Bullseye, heard Saturday afternoons at 1 on Utah Public Radio. We'll cut through the weeds of pop culture, share some irreverent comedy, explore in-depth interviews, and keep a keen eye out for what's worth knowing about. Bullseye on Utah Public Radio. Stay tuned for Bullseye from NPR, coming soon to Utah Public Radio. Details at our website, upr.org. Programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our members. And the Shift Festival, October 7th through 10th in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. An in-depth exploration of the opportunities and challenges at the intersection of conservation and outdoor recreation. Featuring food, film, speakers, workshops, and outdoor adventure. Details at shiftjh.org. Access Utah is a production of Utah Public Radio. You can listen to this episode or previous episodes of Access Utah anytime at upr.org, where you can find a link to subscribe to our podcast. This is Utah Public Radio, KUSR HD1 Logan, KUSK HD1 Vernal, KUSL HD1 Richfield, KUST HD1 Moab, KCEU Price, and KUSU FM HD1 Logan. And thank you for listening. Stay tuned for the Splendid Table. Time now, 10 o'clock.